Lord, we pray that you would bless this message. Господи, мы молимся, чтобы ты благословил эту проповедь. Чтобы ты говорил нашему внутреннему человеку. Спасибо тебе за эту конференцию. За это время вместе в слове. Господи, мы хотим помолиться также о Минди Штайн сегодня. За жену пастора Штайна. For her, as she recovers from the surgery for cancer, Lord, we also pray for Sheila Mene's son, who was in a very serious car accident, motorcycle accident. Lord, for his recovery, Evan Pekarik, for his recovery from his motorcycle accident also. And uh, we do just pray, we do pray for Grant and Regina's apartment that nothing would be lost. And that you put a special covering around our homes, our cars, our families. And give us understanding of this subject. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today there is a lot of suffering in the world, isn't there? Unbelievable. Uh, we we don't have to we don't have to look very far and we can see suffering right at our doorstep. And there is so much unnecessary suffering. So many people suffer at the hands of people that have no suffering in their life. So many people suffer. Many, many people suffer. Uh, because of people who are not suffering. And there's a lot of political suffering, economic suffering. There's a lot of suffering in people's families. And maybe there are people that are not even here tonight that because of just suffering in their life. And maybe there are people in the room tonight that are suffering. There is physical suffering. And there is very deep psychological or suffering in our soul. Uh, we look at the world today and we could be easily depressed at how much is going on and how much suffering and pain there is. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, and if, we, if we were to continue to talk about it, I think we'd become depressed. And I don't want to do that. That's not the purpose here. Everybody's like nodding their heads. Maybe you should change the message, right? <laughs> We look at this verse in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. And what I'm going to say tonight may not be understood by most of us here in this room. Tonight, we may not understand it tonight. Tonight, but maybe 
10 or 20 years down the road we'll understand it. Uh, I, but I want to teach it anyway. Because I want it to be in our hearts and in our minds. And Jesus said unto them in verse 31, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. That's beautiful, isn't it? That whenever Jesus spoke about suffering, he always talked about how he was going to meet them at the other end. He said that to the disciples when they got in the ship to go across the Sea of Galilee. During the storm and when Jesus walked in the water. Before they left the shore, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. When there is suffering that Jesus is going to tell us about, he always tells us that we are going to get through it and he's going to meet us at the other end. Today at the lunch wrap when we were eating, and I still I still like Puzata Hata, I'm sorry. That's, that's a great restaurant. It's good food. And, isn't it? I don't know. It's very good. How many like Puzata Hata? Okay. Nobody on only on this nobody on this side. These are all the Puzata people right over here. These are all the smart, healthy eaters over here. I can't believe that. That's unbelievable. The locals, all the locals are on this side, right? The locals are over there. Alright, let's continue. We were saying at lunch today, we were just saying how that in the last days many people would be offended. Offended. Yeah, offended. Because of things that will happen. And it will be very hard for them as Christians to understand why and for what purpose. Suffering today really has no value in the world that we live in. There's no purpose for suffering. And there's many, many ways to avoid suffering. In the United States today, I think there's almost 90 million people that are on painkillers. Unbelievable. There's a lot of people in pain. In a world where we have the best medicine and the best health 
that we can maybe see in mm -hmm. all of human history, we have so many painkillers. But I think that there's more of a problem than just physical pain. I think that there's very deep inner pain. People don't understand what to do with it. Jesus here was about to be crucified. He embraced the plan of God. He hugged it. He, he hugged it and he was, he was not going to forsake it. Because this was the reason why he came to this earth. And he was telling his disciples that what I'm going to do and what's going to happen to me is going to offend you. And it's going to, and it's going to offend you in, in, in several ways. Number one, it's going to offend you on the national level. You as a Jew are going to be offended at me at me because I'm that you thought that I was going to be your king now on this earth. That's the first way that they're number two, the second reason the second way that they were going to be offended. They were going to be offended by Jesus Christ. Because uh, in order to follow him there is death that is involved. That there required death and pain. And when the disciples heard that, like in John chapter 6, 6, many of them left and did not follow them anymore. Today there is there are things that happen in, in our lives that challenge us and give us a choice. Either I continue in this plan of God in which which includes suffering and pain or I leave the plan and I save myself I save my life I save my reputation and I save my I save my my own personal life of pleasure but you know something a person that knows the road of suffering knows the road of brokenness and in Psalm chapter 34 34 no 34 verses 18 through 20 it says this the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart 
Господь близок к тому, кто сокрушен сердцем. God is near broken people. There's something that is very attractive to God about brokenness. Brokenness, surrender, helplessness is something that really speaks to God. When God sees suffering, as we see many of our many of our dear brothers and sisters today that are suffering because of their faith, there is something that really speaks to God about that. In every generation of history, there is always a group of people somewhere in the world that are dying because of their faith. And these are martyrs. We may not be killed because of our faith, but we die daily with a personal cross. What is that death? That death is not necessarily a physical death, but it's a death to our soul life, our psyche, our psyche life, our soulish life. Brokenness does not happen on the outside. You can, you can break a man's body but he may not be broken on the inside. A man may be tortured because of his political beliefs or because of his ideology. But never be broken. Brokenness happens on the inside in the soul. There's a beautiful verse that I am thinking of in the book of Psalms. And it's a prophecy of Jesus when he was on the cross. Then the prophecy was that he would suffer but none of his bones would be broken. The bones of a person speak of the, the basic life of a person because in the bones is the life of a person in the marrow. The bones speak of the core of a person. And God doesn't destroy that part of a person. God does not destroy a, a, the core of a person. The devil does that. God breaks the soul and the five parts of the soul through the cross. God will break the soul. He breaks the emotions. He'll break the will. 
the mind, he'll break the self-image, he'll break the emotions, the, all of these parts of the soul. And how does God break a person? He doesn't use life to break people. Life does not break people. Uh, when I was, um, years ago, we took a, a mission trip to Bosnia. And, and we were doing some evangelism in Sarajevo and it was just after the war there and I thought we're going to meet a lot of broken people open to the gospel people that are going to be so happy to see us with good news I never met, har I never met harder people in my life because war does not break people life does not break people a government cannot break people it's only one thing that can break us and that's the grace of the cross of Jesus Christ when we see the grace of God on the cross we're amazed, we're broken we're, we are astonished and we like Peter in the boat we fall on our face before Jesus and we say depart from me for I am a sinful man suffering for us is not a liability but it is to be our greatest asset it is not it is not a problem in our life but it's something that is our that is our going to be our greatest advantage all the things that we hold so dearly all the things in life that can become idols false gods they will fade into insignificance when suffering comes the love of money sex pleasure power all of these things can become a God in a person's life but when suffering comes into that person's life all of those things just are they're not important all the power all the money all the sex all the stuff that the people have just falls away doesn't it? The man that's lying on his bed that's barely alive, clinging on to life. What is he thinking about? Money? No, is he thinking about when he can have a good time? <laughs> you know? What is he thinking about? He's not thinking because all of those gods have been, have been taken away because suffering has a tendency to bring in reality of the human condition pain and I, again I, I'm going to be we're going to get very positive here in a minute I'm seeing people starting to like do this <laughs> 
To be human means that pain is part of being human. That, that pain is more a factor of humanity and being human than pleasure is. For example, what makes us feel the most human in our life? Pleasure? Or pain? When we are in pain or suffer, we realize our, the, our humanity and our, the weakness of our humanity. When we are very strong people and powerful people, and we're following God and we're on fire for God, life is good, we are looking for God's power and not necessarily His presence. We seek God's hands, but we don't really seek His face. God doesn't build churches with powerful people, but He'll build a church like we heard this morning from Pastor Misha from broken people members in particular that's what makes a powerful church I remember being in Hungary at a conference at a summer conference or some kind of a conference with Pastor Schaller and we were there and we were in some pizza place in some village the name of the village had a lot of Z's and X, S's and K's and, uh, you know, and, but the pizza was good and there was a lot of Hungarian we, like, we went into this pizza place and it was just packed and um, you know, we were sitting next to Pastor Shala and it was such an anointed time. It was so powerful. And I said, this is amazing, isn't it? This is so powerful. God is like with us. And, and he said to me, he said, when you get a group of people together that have paid a great price in their life and taken up their cross, then there's going to be an anointing and that, that group of people will be anointed. You know, there are aspects of the anointing of God that we never experience until we go through tough times. What does this world really need? Gifted men and women? Yes? No. God, this world needs people that are just broken before God. Brokenness does not mean that I'm a victim. Brokenness does not mean that I'm a loser or defeated. But it just means that I'm surrendered to God and the plan of God. And it's not, it's not about me anymore. And I don't have an agenda. And it doesn't have to go my way. There are two S's in English we need to consider. Two S's. And I don't know how, what letters they are in Ukrainian. but Two S's. That, that the world 
really hangs on to. Number one, self-esteem. And number two, satisfaction. These are two principles in the world that we live in. How do you feel about yourself? You should feel good about yourself. You should be satisfied. You deserve it. But there's also two S's that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament with Christ. Uh, solitude or, or silence before God. And number two, seeking. Seeking. These two words are really what God is after in our lives. And I want to just finish with this. I want to just finish with this. That the purpose of suffering in a person's life is very specific and very simple. If we don't remember this, then we begin to wander in our life from satisfaction to self-pleasure self and abs absorption of the world. If we don't remember the purpose of suffering, we're going to be wandering in our life. Because in every one of us, we have a system of justice, don't we? Like you can see, like what would you do? Well, I mean, we would, we would see this that if you see a young man beating up an old woman on the street, stealing her bread, then you would be very angry about that, wouldn't you? There is that system of justice inside of us that makes us. But that system of justice can only go so far in a human way. For example, we would see innocent children die or we would see people suffer that are good people. And we would say, how could a God let that happen? And how can, you, how can God allow that kind of suffering? And when we see things like that and suffering comes into the picture, it immediately addresses and confronts and challenges our system of justice. How can those people do that to our people? We have rights. That's not their... They can't do that. They can't just do that. How can they do that? Who do they think they are? They are evil people. And today, the people say... People use this word like evil, like in the wrong way. They say that they say that that country is evil or that person's evil because but they don't even know what evil means. They have no idea what evil means. This is this human sense of justice that suffering challenges when we see it. Наша система 
Because it goes beyond our perception, it goes beyond our understanding. There's something bigger in our life than what we're experiencing or what people are experiencing. When Jesus went and met the man that was lying down on his bed and could not move, I believe it's John chapter 9. What did he first do? He said, man, sir, your sins are forgiven. What was more important for that man, to be physically healed or for his sins to be forgiven? His sins to be forgiven. And then he healed him. Because, there, because this physical body someday will end, it will die. And then we will truly begin to really live. Because then we will then we will reign with Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 to 18, tells us the purpose of suffering. If you're suffering, there are going to be questions that come to your mind. For example, number one, what did I do to, to deserve to do this? What, what did I do or not do? And it's very easy for us to look at our suffering in a very humanistic way natural way. Because when a trial comes and suffering comes, the first thing that we want to do is look at ourselves and get subjective. And get subjective. And ask ourselves what did I do? Or we could go the other direction like Job did. Job said, I'm a righteous man. Why did this happen to me? And I was so good. I always helped people. And I never did those other things that other people did. And I've given my life to God. And now I'm not, then, now I'm suffering. And my family is suffering because of that. And this is, this is very easy for us to think this way. The second temptation to think of when we live in, when we're suffering is similar to the first, but whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Who can I sue? You know? And the third thing is, the, three, the third suffering, is, the third temptation and suffering is in Galatians, in, he, in Ephesians chapter six, to make everything about flesh and blood about people. That that these, this church did that to me. 
Or those people, or that pastor did that to me. Or that person, or my brother, or whatever, they did that to me. And for the rest of my life, I can't go to a church, and I can't enjoy God, and I, I'm so wounded. And when a person, when we talk like that, we miss the whole point. It's not flesh and blood. It's not people. It's not what your uncle did to you. It's not, it's not, it's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not, it's not people. But it's something bigger than that. It's called spiritual warfare. That God is training you and I to reign with him. Paul said to Timothy, they that suffer with Christ will will, will reign with him. How do you say that in Arabic? Reign with him. Huh? Wow, okay. If you can say that, then I'll buy you a copy. Reign with him. Reign with him. We suffer today because he, God wants to work brokenness and authority into our lives. Right? Is that amazing? What a, and that when, then we look at suffering as a privilege. And, and, and it's kind of strange to say that, but that's what the, Paul the Apostle said. I think it was 2 Timothy 1.9 or something like that, that Paul said that we were treated as evildoers. And, then, and Paul was thrown into jail. And Paul was accused of being a political or a social uh, revolutionary. But he was he was falsely accused. God had a bigger plan. You know, we have a brother that was here. I don't know if he's here tonight, but he was in jail because of his because of his faith. It, and he was accused of being politically, for political reasons, but the bigger, the bigger reason was because he was a Christian. And, and like I said, many of us here are young. We have not suffered very much in our life. Uh, we've never gone beyond a few days without food. And when we look at people that suffer, we kind of laugh a little bit. Oh, that's what a funny person. But you know, I just want to say that 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 when that comes in your life, and that day, it says in Ephesians chapter six, when that. When that day comes, that evil day comes, in Ephesians chapter 6, it describes it as a, a day of evil. As Ephesians chapter 6, and it's the way it's written in Greek, it says that me, it probably happens only once or twice in a person's entire life. That you may stand in the evil day. Ephesians chapter 6 that you may stand in the evil day that means that that means that God wants to 
train us. To put authority into our soul. To make us spiritually victorious. So that we can be a trophy of grace on this earth. And a shining light of grace in heaven. Just like the Hebrew boys, and I'm going to finish with this. Just like the Hebrew boys. God did not deliver them from the fiery furnace. But he delivered their soul. Isn't that amazing? God, God did not deliver Peter from being crucified upside down. But he delivered his soul. God may not deliver us physically. And though we pray for that, Lord, we pray for healing, we pray for deliverance. And that's okay to do that, we pray for that. And we've actually seen God heal people. But it may be that God has a higher purpose. I've noticed something, and I don't know really what it means, but Jesus never healed his disciples. Uh, he never healed them. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe he did, but we don't read about it. He healed many other people, but his close disciples, his very close men, those that were intimately associated with Christ, suffered. And they, did not, and they were not spared suffering. Because there's something that's inside of you and I that's much bigger than what this world can give. And it's a treasure in an earthen vessel. There is something inside of you that is revealed to people when you go through hard times. And I'll finish with this. Romans 1, verse 17. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Faith. And then faith. Some of us live from problem to problem and paycheck to paycheck, argument to the next argument, from sickness to the next sickness. But when we walk with God and mix faith with God, and his word in every situation in our life then something's revealed that this world never ever will see otherwise and that's God's righteousness it's God's righteousness how many of you have ever met somebody who suffered and they're, they're revealing amazing nature and characteristic of God it's amazing and, and you look at that person and you're like you're like wow you, do you know how bright you're shining right now you know, and then they're like you gotta be kidding I feel so horrible I'm just trusting God really but I'm, pray for me I'm just making it you know and you can't say to that person believe God and you know praise the Lord and be according to your faith they're, they're, they're just they're, they're not 
all hyper spirituality just goes out the window. And I know I'm speaking a lot, but I'm going to finish they're, they, are, they are just walking from faith, from Bible verse to the next Bible verse, from conference to the next conference, from Sunday to when are we going to meet together again to the next Sunday or the next rap session why? because God takes pleasure in feeding us from his own hands not us feeding ourselves when your money's all gone and many of us know what that feels like we can eat from his, his own hands. How many of you have ever eaten from the hand of God? Nobody? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember, I'm going to finish with this one story. I remember living in Poland. And uh, I was single, hungry, poor, American, missionary in Poland for just and it's impossible to starve to death in Poland because people are so kind there and it was Christmas morning it was Christmas morning and I woke up and I realized there's no food in my refrigerator nothing no crackers no dry macaroni no mustard in the refrigerator no old bread nothing because I remember there were these times when me and the, me and the pastor were living together we were both single people single men and, 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 and every other day we would take turns cooking you know and we, we, we had this little refrigerator on the floor and, and, we, and I remember opening it up and there was old Polish mustard and, and like some like hard bread and I thought, today we're going to have mustard sandwiches we just pretended that it was we pretended that it was peanut butter and jelly but I remember this one Christmas morning waking up you know like no food like nothing and I thought I can't believe this how could I forget to buy food I had no money no nothing and I, and I got in my knees and I said God give me this day my daily bread and I never prayed that prayer before never prayed that prayer and for the first time that Bible verse became real to me because when we suffer and that's not suffering there are people that haven't eaten for days that's, that's just nothing but when we suffer the Bible becomes more real to us doesn't it and I'm praying and there's a knock on the door and I open the door and there was a gata Panic. How many remember, the Polish people know Agata Panic? She was there with two bags of groceries. She said, she said I woke up this morning. God told me that Chris has nothing to eat. She bought me this food. And, and I lived another day. Isn't God good to us? 
Бог добр к нам. And that God knows when a bird falls. И Бог знает даже когда птичка падает. И он заботится о нас. And we don't need to be afraid or to be fearful. We can look to Him. Because He's the God who comforts. Потому что Он Бог, который утешает. And He's training you and I. И Он тренирует вас и меня. To reign with Him in heaven. Чтобы царствовать с Ним на небесах. Amen. Amen.